watching the Sports Objective, the podcast for pirates. You're listening to Absolute Empowerment with Coach Jeff Connors on the Sports Objective. Join Coach C, a USA Strength and Conditioning Hall of Famer, every Monday night to see in a variety of guests, including former players, former and current coaches, pastors, and others will discuss relevant issues in coaching today's athlete with the goal of equipping the athlete and those coaching them with the physical, mental, and spiritual armor necessary to live their best life. Here's Coach Connors. Uh, welcome to Absolute Empowerment. Our guest today is Garrett Reynolds. Uh, Garrett played offensive line for UNC. I had the privilege and honor to coach him through his career there. And then he went on uh, to a, uh, a very impressive NFL career for eight years with three different teams. Uh, Garrett, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Coach. Thanks for having me. So uh, very excited to have you on. I love to have the guys on that uh, – just a, just it was such a pleasure for me to coach because you worked so hard and and you know worked your way into the NFL uh, through your career at UNC and uh, you're playing uh, height and weight was six seven three oh five and so I think when you stepped on campus you were about what maybe two seventy uh yeah like two sixty right when I got there okay put me on that uh that hard gainers group there Y'all yeah had- so. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I'm just so proud of the way that you worked through the whole time that you were there, and uh, you definitely deserve uh, the career that you've had in the league. So, uh, Garrett, in this podcast, we talk about a lot of different things, but the main thing we want to talk about is your story. And uh, we also talk about some of our own pitfalls to maybe help some some young folks out there, so we'll get into that a little bit uh, with a little bit of advice. Uh, but the first thing that I want to talk about is uh, going back to growing up. And of course, we're going to have to, to, to throw in the Hacksaw Reynolds story, but, but uh, tell me a little bit about your influences as you grew up through uh, grade school, junior high, high school. Uh, who were the people who influenced you in athletics? Yeah, um, you know, I guess starting off, I'm from uh, Strawberry Plains, Tennessee, about 20 minutes outside from uh, uh, east of Knoxville. Um, Grew up in a pretty small community. um, And, you know, my parents put me in everything growing up except for football. Uh, I didn't start playing football until I was in eighth grade. Uh, So I did uh, gymnastics, believe it or not, swimming. Uh, uh, We did horseback riding, soccer, basketball, baseball, tennis, you know, you, you name it, we did it. Uh, yeah. They didn't really want us or want me in my contact stuff until, you know, just got a little bit older because uh, my dad had seen a lot of his buddies' kids get burnt out by the time they got, like, even to high school um, yeah. from the area we were in, at least. And uh, so, um, you know, I always looked up to my dad. Uh, you know, just he played at University of Tennessee, um, played linebacker there in the early seventies. And, um, you know, so yeah, started playing football in eighth grade. Uh, and I had a, my middle school coach, you know, kind of told me, and he ended up being my freshman coach as well. Uh, had told me he thought I had a sh- shot, you know, just kind of, you know, I was pretty shy. I didn't really talk a lot. Um, but told me I had a shot, you know, to, 
you know, to really improve and make a, make a go, at least going to college. Um, we didn't know what that was going to look like yet. Um, <clears throat> and then, uh, you know, I had some, uh, great O-line coaches through high school, uh, Rocky Riley, he played at university of Tennessee, um, and then, uh, ended up coaching there for a little while. And, uh, you know, he, him and, uh, my head high school football coach, Heath Woods, uh, all also had like a huge impact on me. There's hardworking guys. Uh, they'd always had the, you know, I, I used to get down there real early to the field house and they'd be down there. They'd get there extra early cause I was going to be there. So I could go, uh, get to work or whatever I had to go do the, during the summer. So, um, you know, but really, really my dad, uh, really pushed me without pushing me. Uh, he didn't really put a lot of pressure on me, but he'd always ask, you know, what I did extra, um, you know, and just kind of, kind of kind of poke at me. Um, but really just by watching him and how he worked my whole life, uh, you know, I knew what was expected and, uh, you know, I always carried that with me. How big were you, let's say in ninth grade? Ninth grade. I think I was, uh, I was like six, six, six or six, seven, uh, maybe six, five. I can't remember. Uh, and I was like two Oh five and you could, uh, you know, somebody could, a stiff breeze would literally knock me off balance. You, you know how uncoordinated I was even when I got to college sometimes. So, uh, you know, it was, I was real gangly and, uh, very unathletic, uh, to, to say the least. So, had a long- uh, did you play other sports? Uh, yeah. So, in, um, growing up, I played everything until I got to about, uh, eighth grade and I started playing football. I still played soccer. I still swam competitively. Um, and then uh, played soccer my freshman year, and I played football yeah. freshman year. And then sophomore year through senior year, I played uh, football, and then I played rugby in the spring. And yeah. uh, you know, I, it all you know, I liked it. Our high school football coach didn't care for it much, but I never missed a workout. Uh, I always made all my workouts, made all my made all my stuff, and you know, and all the guys that played football that went and played rugby ended up being a lot better tacklers um you know i would highly recommend any high school kids wanting to get an edge not only on their fitness uh but i think rugby is a great sport to be playing um and it teaches you really how to tackle uh correctly and you know when to give a little extra effort and when to you know maybe save your body a little bit um and you know really protecting your head uh so which we're seeing issues with of course um So yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's yeah. what I wanted to ask you about. Is do you do you think there's less less injuries in rugby because you don't have a helmet? Yeah, I mean, you definitely think differently uh, when when it comes to making contact. And I'm not saying there's still really hard hits in rugby as well. Um, you know, it's a very physical game, uh, but you know, you 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 just use your technique. And uh, I think I think rugby is a really great game, and I'm glad to see it's picking up steam here. Uh, yeah. in the- states you know we had some ragtag teams when i was in high school it wasn't anything uh usually we paid like 12 on 15 because we didn't have enough guys and we'd still go out there and we had a bunch of pretty good athletes and we'd smoke some other schools and uh um we had a lot of fun and it, and it made our football team better um which we 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 needed desperately so we were very good yeah gotcha yeah um so uh senior year in high school yeah. Uh, how did you end up at UNC? Who was recruiting you? Uh, my final three were uh, Nebraska, Virginia Tech, and UNC. Um, 
And, you know, when, when I came to UNC, uh, old Kyle Ralph hosted me. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. And he's just a man. He's an awesome dude. And uh, he gave me some really good advice that, that I took with me. Um, and by the end of the weekend, I had my answer. He, he told me, he said, if you blew out your knee tomorrow, he, you know, and he, he wasn't trying to pitch me or anything. He was just being honest with me, which I really respected. He was like, yeah. if you blew your knee out tomorrow, you know, where would you see yourself being? And you couldn't play football anymore. Where would you see yourself being happy as a student and somewhere where you would want to continue to, to be a part of the program uh, just as maybe a assistant coach or even just as a student if football was over one day? And, you know, that really helped me narrow, narrow it down. Um, you know, because I just felt at home at UNC, uh, really clicked with the guys there. And, uh, you know, just it was it was the right decision. It was a gut decision. It was the right one. OK. Yeah. So uh, as you were growing up in those younger years before you came to UNC, uh, did you go to a lot of uh, your uncle's games? No. Um, so his last year was in 85. So, uh, okay. 87. So okay. watching play. I, was, I saw some of his game tapes, uh, growing up. Um, he came and watched me in high school a few times and, uh, I think once or twice at Carolina, but you know, yeah. I think, uh, you know, he, after he got done with football, I think he was pretty much tired. He was just kind of done with people maybe in a way I, you know, I don't want to speak for yeah. them. I really don't know him too well, but, uh he uh he just him and his wife moved down to the Bahamas and kind of just just he just was kind of done with a lot of things and uh right um so yeah so so I I'll be honest with you coach I didn't really uh know him very well um okay. still really close to my dad um but you know he's he's only been around here and there so yeah yeah well uh you certainly you know when I look at the pictures I can see you you know when I look at at uh, Hacksaw Reynolds Pictures, but uh, let's talk a little bit about him. Uh, I guess he grew up in Tennessee as well? No, so him and my dad went to uh, Western Hills High School in Cincinnati. Okay. Uh, yeah, and uh, they, uh, my uncle got a scholarship to the University of Tennessee and, of course, took it um, and had a hell of a career there. Uh, he's in the Hall of Fame there. And then yep. uh, I like telling my dad's side of it more, though, was uh, – my dad wanted to follow his brother down there and my dad was you know, uh, exactly four years, you know, so my dad would have been a freshman the year after Jack graduated. So okay. uh, their, their time in there. And uh, my dad told his high school football coach, well, I'm going to walk on at Tennessee and go play at Tennessee. And his, his high school football coach laughed in his face and told him he would never make it. And, uh, you know, I'm real proud of my dad. And uh, he uh, went down there, made the team and he ended up being a two year captain. So, wow. Um, scholarship so he's just he's a hard man and uh got a lot of respect for that guy so i never knew that yeah but, uh, that's awesome man uh but i i did read a couple stories that you know that were kind of <laughs> interesting about your uncle um, yeah, yeah. i guess you know it was uh I, i've heard him, ele heard him 11 all. years with the rams uh yeah. all pro a couple or with the, I guess he was a pro bowler a couple of years. He played in three Super Bowls and they uh, won two two of them. That's right. And uh, uh, 
he got the name because he was frustrated about the loss of a game and went out and sawed his car in half. Is that true? That's that's from uh, everything I've heard. Is that's that is correct? Is uh, they were going down to play Ole Miss in a bowl game, um, and I like to think it was in Memphis, but I could be could you know it's been a while since we've talked about it, uh, yeah. but hit one of the other linebackers on his defensive, you know, his defensive core there, what said Archie who about Archie Manning. And uh, they went down there and got just, just got uh, smoked pretty good, I think. And uh, he came <laughs> and he got 10, the story is he got 10 hacksaw blades and uh, went to a junkyard and, and Jack, you know, he's a, he's a nice dude and all, but you, he's one of those guys, he's got that same look in his eye that old John Bunning had a little bit where you oh, yeah. like him. And, and you, you love the guy and everything, but you're like, that guy's a little crazy. You know? Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's, it's a linebacker look. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and uh, he had that same look. It was one of the reasons I, you know, love John Bunning so much is just it reminded me of, you know, they, they had that same uh, that same twitch to him. And, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so it took him uh, apparently three days or two and a half days to saw that car and a half. Um, and uh, <laughs> he's, just, he's just a crazy man. He's wild. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, there's also a story about uh, he was very serious about meetings and very serious about studying the game. Yep. And uh, I guess when he went to the 49ers, uh, Ronnie Lott came in a meeting and and he and uh, your uncle had like a hundred pencils, like sharpened. And uh, Ronnie asked him for one, and he wouldn't give him one. He said, "When you come to a meeting, you come prepared." That's the kind of people I like to play with. <laughs> so. I, I don't know if I've heard that one, Coach, but that sounds that sounds right. I like him. He was uh he definitely was a student of the game. Um, yeah, and uh, he was very serious. And you know, because he had he had had some coaching offers at one point. My dad was telling me this is you know back in like the eighties or something, and. My my uncle would never do it because he goes, well, I'll just kick everybody off the team because uh, nobody's gonna work as hard as I worked, and they, you know, and I, he was like, I'm not accepting that, and uh, yeah. that's why he that's why he never uh, never got into coaching. He just didn't think anybody could do anything as good as he did it, and uh, you yeah. know, and there's there's two sides of that coin, of course, but uh, you know, you kind of gotta respect that mentality in a little bit of a way. So well, I, I read where Bill Walsh tried to get him into coaching, and it just didn't work out, just like you said. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that I thought was very interesting is a story about when he would show up for pregame meals, fully dressed, yeah, high black, the whole yeah. nine yards. Yeah, he he uh, when he left the hotel, he was uh, he was fully dressed and in all his gear, and he rode over on the team bus and everything, fully get it out. So yeah, helmet on and everything too. I mean, he's he's crazy man, and uh, he's a uh, uh, you know got some good. My dad's got some good stories as well. So yeah. Have to, you need to talk to Arnold Art about it sometime. Well, I know you're proud of your dad, and I, I'm sure he's very proud of you and in, in what you've accomplished as well. And uh, uh, I know I am, and I know your buddy Chase Rice is too. I had a podcast with him, and uh, he likes to tell tell stories about Garrett Reynolds. So uh, we had some good times over there. I get into that a little bit here in a, in a couple minutes. Yes, sir. Uh, well, you know, I went and visited the, the Falcons, uh, and you were with the Falcons, what, was it five years? Yeah, 2009 uh, to 2013 season. And then, yeah. then after that, 
2014, I got cut in that January or February, I can't remember. And, you know, I kind of was a little, I was a little, you know, frustrated with football at that point. And uh, so I dropped down to like 270, coach. I was playing rugby with a, an Atlanta men's club. Okay. And, uh, you know, running all like crazy. I got into doing a ton of yoga and I was still lifting a lot. You know, I got down about 275, 280, and then uh, the Lions called me about a week before camp, and I was like, oh, shoot, what am I going to do? And, uh, you know, so I, I had to gain about 20 pounds in, I think, like a week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I was just crushing food, which, you know, was a pretty good time, I guess. And, yeah. uh, but, uh, you know, it was great, though, because I got up there, and I'll tell you what, I was fit. I was more fit than I'd ever been in my life. And, uh, you know, I could, uh, you know, going into training camp like that actually wasn't too bad of a way to do it. And uh, so, yeah. yeah was- looking, well, yeah, of course, going back and looking at your strengths and weaknesses, we were always trying to get you to bend. Yeah. Because of your height. You know, it's like low man wins. You know, yeah. Sometimes, most of the time, low man wins, I guess. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I always struggle with that one. Yeah, I think I think that yoga probably helped you quite a bit. It, it did. And uh, honestly, losing losing some weight because when I was in Atlanta, I was playing in guard at like 320 a lot of the time. Yeah. You know, I got I was playing guard. I played some guard in Detroit um, and played mostly tackle in Detroit. But even when I went to St. Louis, I was still, you know, a little lighter. I was like 300 instead of 320. Um, and I just felt a lot better, was moving a lot better, um, you know, and just, you know, I was, I'd been doing a lot more flexibility training, which I thought was right. good important for me so yeah well i know we both we both experienced that little transition from bunning the butch and uh and that was that was kind of a tough deal but uh i was just glad to still be there yeah yeah and uh you know happy to keep working with you of course and uh you know i mean Butch got it turned around, but at the same time, I really think that Coach Bunning was bringing in some great recruits in those the last couple years, and uh, I think he could have got it done if we if we just had another year or two with him. But uh, yeah. you know, we all know how it goes out there. Yeah, it, you know, and you know, when I, at that age, I never looked at anything. I never knew who was coming in until they got there. Uh, yeah. you know, I just kind of was, you know, I just did my own workouts and. I never worried about who was coming or whatever. Just I'm gonna just do yeah. do my stuff and and uh, and that's it. So you know, I think yeah. the problem um, for a lot of kids nowadays, they're always watching who's coming to you know maybe compete with them for their spot. And it's like quit worrying about that crap and uh, right. just go out there and get after it. And you know, I, I don't know. I, that's the only, that's my answer to everything. Like people, you know, have asked me over the years, like, Hey, you know, how'd you do this? How'd you do that? And I'm just like, I'd be honest with you. I just, I learned my playbook as best as I could. And I knew my, my other, you know, O-line guys jobs too. So I could help coach. Yeah. And then I worked, tried to work as hard as I possibly could. Um, you know, I'm by no means was never the best football player. Um, uh, at all or most explosive guy or the most dominant specimen but uh you know i i was always fit and i went as hard as i went on the first snap as i went on the you know the 70th and uh and you know that's something yeah so that's something i'll always take pride in was I, i feel you know uh being being fit enough and uh you know somebody might whoop my butt a couple of times but 
I'm going to come back and you're going to have to smack me in the face again. I'm going to still show up. So it's be, you know, even if I'm getting my butt whooped sometimes, which it definitely did in the NFL, it happened. But, uh, you know, forget short memory and get back up there and keep going. Well, let's talk a little bit about your uh, out of football experience at ECU, or I'm sorry, at UNC. Yeah. Sorry about that. I, oh, it's all right. I interviewed about a, a dozen ECU guys already, but uh, uh, talk about Chase Rice a little bit. Oh, well, uh, you know, Chase was my uh, first real roommate because I moved in in a second summer session um, and we were at the Granville Towers right there on Franklin Street. I don't know if you remember those. They tore, they've tore yeah. then, but uh, you know, I came in there um, and Chase, heck, he wouldn't even, he didn't even talk to me for about the first two weeks and then, uh, <laughs> and then we ended up kicking it off and, you know, being, of course, still best buddies. He came through town, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago and hung out with Carson and I and, uh, you know, we just had a good time hanging out and catching up. So it's been good to see him, you know, as he's going off, going through, uh, heading over to the beach or something like that. So, yeah. but, you know, Chase and I have been, you know, he's always been a, uh, outstanding friend to me. I mean, he's a brother to me and, uh, the dude is always just, I mean, since I've met him, uh, after those two weeks, you know, we've just been, as been just great friends and, and um, I love that man to death. He's a good man. He's a great friend. And I, I really do consider that man a brother. And I would, and I've got, there's, you know, I've got a handful of guys, you know, uh, Zach Pinalto, Kyle Jolly, uh, Lowell, um, you know, there's, there's a bunch of guys. Will Lawing is another guy, you know, I've been good friends with for a long time. And um, they're just, you know, if, 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 the, you know, high school kids are watching this coach, I would say, even if you're going, D1, D2, D3, go and play college ball or go play your college sport if you can um, and make make those those friendships that are uh, th- the friendships that are going to be more like brothers than than uh, and family. And uh, I think that's the that's the greatest thing that happened at, at the University of North Carolina is I've got some a really great group of guys and uh, people I just uh, very I cherish very much. I love them to death. So. Yeah, I always like that word brotherhood. Uh, yeah. People people like to use family, but you know sometimes families don't get along. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes they're different. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, you know it's more like a brotherhood and uh, uh, all those commonalities. But uh, uh, Arthur is uh, you know I went down and uh, to see Atlanta play the Steelers, which yeah. didn't have a good outcome. Yeah. Uh, but. Uh, Arthur is a very intense coach. Uh, I stayed with uh, Dwayne Ledford, you know, yeah. who I coached at ECU, and yeah. he's an O-line coach. And then, of course, uh, Yates is down there. I got to see – yeah, I got to see uh, Yates uh, for a little bit. Uh, so that was uh, that was a great trip for me. Absolutely. And what I wanted to ask you about, I guess, is, you know, they had a driver pick me up. And then they had a driver take me back from the facility to the airport. And I was like, wow, man, everything is so far. Oh, yeah. Did you, did you have to do a lot of driving when you were playing oh, for Atlanta? Yeah, we, uh, so I lived in uh, Buford, Georgia there. So I, I lived yeah. about 15, 15 minutes from the facility, the practice facility. And then, uh, you know, on, on, before a game, you drive down the city on Saturday, you know, about 4 o'clock or, 
you know, whatever time you had to be at the hotel, but you know, it, it was a haul and, uh, yeah. you know, caught in traffic at the wrong time. You know, we had guys, you know, sometimes being a little late, uh, and a lot of times not their fault. So, right. you know, and the traffic is a, is an animal in itself. So, you know, you leaving two, three hours before you actually need to be somewhere most of the time. But, uh, yeah. We used to stay at that uh, Georgia Tech Hotel and Conference Center. Near right. The, yeah. So, um, so not too far from the stadium, and the I, the new one I never played in, but the they blew the old one up. Um, right. Right next to where they where the or the old one was too. So. Well, the location of the stadium, you got to kind of keep your head on a swivel a little bit. You know? <laughs> yeah. Same thing when you go play Georgia Tech and walk around there. I mean. Yeah. You know, you, yeah, you better know. It's kind of like, you know, uh, but uh, I really enjoyed my visit, and I hope to do it again next year. And I know they've got some more uh, – they got some more money available, I think, next year to go out and get some D linemen. So I think that's going to help them some. Well, I'm proud of Arthur. I'll, t- I'll tell you what, when – you know, he worked hard as a player and uh, at UNC, and then and when he was a, a GA, I've never seen a GA work harder, you know, yeah watching Arthur, Arthur, like he, uh, he, that dude slept in the office. He, he never, he had everything perfect and he worked his dang butt off. And, uh, I'll tell you what, that man is, he's earned every step or everything he's gotten for sure. So he's, uh, he's went out there and created a name for himself. Yeah. I'm real proud of that guy. And I know he's got a couple kids now and, uh, you know, so he's got, he's got the whole deal going. Steve Watterson with the Titans, he's he's a buddy of mine. I, I'd go to the Titans and visit Steve, and I'd see Arthur walking around, and, like, Arthur would yeah. be, like, so cranked up about sounding. Well, I don't know what was on his mind. It'd be like he was looking through you. Like, yeah. are you all right, brother? Yeah. <laughs> he's probably thinking about some uh, offensive scheme. Yeah. But, how, uh, yeah, that's his demeanor. How's Coach Ledford doing, man? I, I mean, I didn't even uh, – I knew when he uh, was at UNC kind of helping out here and there. Yeah. He, in and out of town, I guess. You know, I never really picked up on it, but he was he was still trying to get back in the league at that point, I think. Yeah, we got him back. Uh, we got him back with the Browns. Yeah. And then, uh, I think he played for one more team for one year. It might have been the Saints. Okay. But, you know, I was training him while he was helping me. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, and, of course, uh, Coach Simpson and I, we give him a hard time because we had him in charge of the bands when we traveled. Yeah. And he'd be calling us like, is it okay for me to come down for pregame meal? I'm like, come on, man. And so, uh, you know, now, of course, he, he's big time. You know, I'm, I'm down there and he's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm staying in his $2 million house. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Heck yeah. So, well, but, uh, yeah, he's happy. He's doing he's, good. He's a great coach. He, he really happy. is. He does I, a great job. No line guys I remember in college enjoyed having him around because he would always yeah. help out a little bit too, even when yeah. we're in stuff and yeah, that, that stuff you know we us young guys don't forget that kind of stuff so oh yeah yeah he did a great job for me he does uh he's just uh very diligent yeah and very detailed mm-hmm. and uh he likes that stretch play brother yeah. <laughs> he loves that outside zone and everything off of that man that's his deal hell yeah hey and you get on going yeah. it's gonna work so yeah. you know no doubt yeah so uh I was going to ask you if you uh, remember Dominique Davis. Was he on the team with you? Yeah, yeah. 
So, you know, I coached him, I think it was my first year back at ECU. Uh, he was a quarterback. Cause he, he ended up transferring, right? Didn't he transfer? Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. right. It's he been a long time ago since I've heard that name. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I got my, uh, I got two Atlanta jerseys in my garage down there in my gym. You and Dominique yeah. Davis on the wall. So yeah. Then yeah. the other thing I wanted to ask you is, uh, did you take? Okay, so before you, who was number seventy-five? Uh, at, at Carolina. No, nah, at uh, uh, for for Atlanta. Do you remember? Let's see. Because I coached Rod Coleman through his career at ECU, and I think he was 75 before you got there. Yeah, I don't think there was a 75 when I got there. Um, and then I changed it later in my career because, you know, I went to another team. Okay. I think I was 75 the whole time in Atlanta, and then I was uh, like 70 in Detroit and 71 in St. Louis. I just – the older I got, the less I, I kind of just didn't care. <laughs> I was just like, yeah. give me a jersey, I'll be all right. So, well, Rod, Rod was a really great player. And, uh, I think he was with the Raiders for quite a while before he came to the Falcons and then, uh, maybe one other team after that. But, uh, yeah. I, I saw one of his pictures here recently and it was number 75. And then I thought, well, wait a second, that's Garrett's number. But then he left, I think the year that you came in, he was going out or yeah. maybe the year before. Yeah. But, he wasn't there when I was there. Yeah. Uh, but he might have just left, you know, when you first get there, there's so many guys coming and going. It's it's, yeah. a, it's wild. And, you know, you're trying to remember all the guys you, you played with. And you're like, ah, maybe. You know, it's, right. it's it gets to be a lot. So especially if you're on one of those rosters that just is constantly pushing and pulling guys out off the off the sure. roster there. So, but. Well, you know, tell me a little bit about uh, Mike Smith. He seemed to have a pretty good record there overall. I think it was 66 and 46. And then uh, – 2010 was a really good year. You guys yep. were what, 13 and four. Shoot, coach, if you got it in front of you, I can't. I yeah. don't remember any of this stuff. It's that's, just that's, and yeah, uh, was that the year? Do you remember playing uh, uh, the Packers in the playoffs or? Uh, that it's just all jumbled and fuzzy, coach. Um, you know, I, if you, I'm, <laughs> so well, I mean, I just kind of took a few notes here and there, but we, I think that's what it was. But that we was playoffs, I think, I, times. I went, the, I went to the playoffs in Detroit, and then three or four times with the Falcons and lost every time okay. in the first round. Every okay. time, and uh, um, I think first, one, yeah, uh, I think one time you lost the Steelers, maybe. Yeah, that's I think you know when James Harrison was there. And yeah. yeah, I believe so. That sounds right. And then maybe the Packers. Um, and uh, you know, it's just been, heck. It's been so long. I always people ask me questions about stuff. I just say, hey man, I've been hitting the head too many times. Remember all that stuff. So, <laughs> um, you know, if I'd have to watch the game film, be honest with you, to to kind of to track it. But uh, you know, yeah, Coach uh, Mike Smith. You know, great coach. Um, right. You know, uh, very is very serious, which as you should be. You know, it's a it's a lot of pressure. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, he's a good coach. Um, we had a good locker room. Just good guy, good group of guys, and uh, 
you know, him and Arthur Blank did it. They just did a great job, I think, building a, a good organization. Um, and I, I'll say this, Arthur Blank and Mike Smith really pushed guys being out in the community. And uh, yeah. I always really liked that and appreciated that because I thought that was that was very important. Um, and, you know, just if and if, you know, you got kids that go to college here that listen to this, you know, get out, go out, you know. Once you get there, you know, do all your football stuff first and your schoolwork. But if you, you know, once you get comfortable, get out in the community, go to the hospital, go go visit some kids. You know, that makes a makes a huge impact on these young kids and, uh, you know, puts a smile on their face. So uh, if you get a chance, you know, to anybody watching this, like go off and play somewhere, no matter what level, go out and be a part of the community. It's uh, very important. And um, no doubt. Yeah. So. Well, when you uh, when you get to the NFL, uh, what what do you feel like you had to work on the most uh, to stay in the league? You know, what what did you discover as you came in, uh, and where did you think you had to kind of put your money? You know, in order to to stay in the league, I uh, really was learning how to play guard because um, I wasn't necessarily fast enough to play tackle. You know, the older I got, I, I figured it out a little bit better, um, you know, where I could, if it was a power guy, I could kind of, I could handle him um, or, you know, do okay, you know, enough to get the ball off and everything. But I, I struggled with those uh, speed guys off the edge. I really had a hard time with those guys. Um, and, you know, guard, I ended up playing probably more guard, uh, at least starts-wise, um, I think by quite a bit. Um, let's see. that first year you were a tackle, and then yeah, you well, I, play, second I, year. I barely played any my first year. Maybe a maybe a couple snaps, and then some special team stuff. Uh, in my second year, you know, because I had we had we had some really great players. We had uh Sam Baker was a first yeah. round pick at left tackle. Justin Blaylock out of Texas, who was just a freaking machine, and he had Todd McClure at center, who was you know an absolute legend, and uh. Yeah. Harvey Dahl, who's just a madman, and uh, <laughs> he was man. He was a great player, dude. Physical, and uh, and then you had Tyson Claybo, who played at Wake Forest, um, and he's from he's a Knoxville guy too. Him and my dad actually played together at Tennessee uh, for gotcha. a while. And uh, but you know we had some absolute monsters up there, and it was it was pretty tough coming into a room like that of guys that all been together, you know. And yeah. I was a drafted guy on offense that year, and uh, so. It was, uh, you know, I didn't really do a lot of talking, I don't think, my rookie year. And, um, but, you know, they were great, great guys to watch play. I learned a lot from them. Um, and, uh, you, know, it, you know, it was a good room to learn from for sure. So yeah. I to answer your question, though, Coach, I think was trying to just learn how to play another position that I never really played. Uh, you know, they, they, there's a saying in the NFL, the more you can do, you know. So, it, yeah. Uh, and I think that's on any any team. Hey, be, if can you be the backup for three, four spots? Can you, uh, you know, are you willing to in practice like step up and just go? Hey, I'll be the special teams dummy running down the run, you know, cover guy running down the field. You know, like give the give the guys that are, you know, actually doing it in the game a break. You know, and just go yeah go run. Like, are you willing to just uh, fill in and do what you can, even if you're tired? Um, and I think that's. You know, like I said, I was never the best player by any means, not anywhere close to it. Um, but I was always willing to step in and uh, do do whatever I needed to do to be there. And yeah. I think that really helped out a lot. Um, 
So yeah, I mean that that'd be it. That was my adapt. I, I adapted by, I think, taking what I knew, you know, learned from college, which was really just working, being in shape, work, be in better shape than the other guy, know your playbook, and work hard and play hard. And then I just kind of took that same mentality. Some guys didn't like it because that's the only thing I knew, and I didn't want to change it because it, that's what got me there. But uh, you know. You know, don't don't change how you play and how you do things just because somebody else doesn't like it, even if they, you know, really don't like it. So just keep doing your thing. So, right. Yeah. But, uh, how about like blitz pickup? Did you have to put a lot of time into that? Uh, yeah. I, I'll tell you, I loved pass protection. So, um, pass protection meetings, um, you know, that was, I thought that was beautiful. It was like playing chess, you know, it's, uh, right. You know, really learning how to read a defense and, uh, and, you know, not only that, but communicating with the guys next to you. That's what makes playing ball fun is when you're all communicating and you're all firing on the same, you know, cylinder there. And, uh, but we, we did, we put a lot of time in the blitz pickup, uh, you know, and you better be able to adjust on the sideline because they're going to bring something that you didn't prepare for every week. Um, but that's okay. You just remember to stay calm. Okay. What happened? Cool. Let's, let's go. And uh, right. I think no, no matter what happens in a game, you got to stay positive and you got to stay, you got to stay light. You can't, you start letting it bog you down. You're going to be in some trouble. So. What do you think a collegiate offensive lineman needs to master, uh, put their time into, you know, to be able to have a chance to make it in the league? Uh, I, I think, being the most one of the most fit guys never is going to hurt because um, some guy might whoop, be so much better than you physically and that's okay uh, you you don't 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 let a guy wear you out for that like he might be better than you he might be on a piece of paper you know coach going to take that guy 99.9 percent .9 of the time right you know and yeah. uh just be that's okay just accept that and then just be in better shape with him and uh and just and I, I think that especially if you're in like a hurry up offense, like you ought to be fit as hell. And just you keep a defensive defensive end on the field for, you know, 12, 15 plays. You ought to be smashing that guy by the end yeah. of the, you know, especially in college, you know. And uh, but uh, um, I, I think that I wish I would have done a lot more stretching. Um, like I wish I would have gotten into yoga in college, honestly, yeah. coach. I, not only for the the stretching, but uh, the mental uh, the the mental prep. I think it does. It's a, it's a whole different game, and I, I think it's uh it's it's been very important to me, like later in my life. Um, so I, I think uh, I think that that would have been. Uh, I wish you know if I could go back in time, add that, and then just knowing your playbook and, you know, be the, be the young guy in the room that, uh, you know, don't, don't be showing anybody up, you know, up or anything, but like if an older guy is even having a hard time, like learning something or picking up something, but like, Hey dude, like you want to go watch some film and just pull them and be like, let's go watch. And not, yeah. not, not embarrass the guy or anything like that in front of anybody, but like, Hey man, like you, you, you doing good with this blitz package. And if he's like, dude, I need some extra work, but you be like, Hey, you know, let's go watch. Like, even if you're not the starter, just be like, Hey, I, I got this down pretty good. You want to go, you know, let's go pick, let's go bounce ideas off each other and go through some package blitz packages and pass protection. And it's not only going to make, you know, the younger guy better or the older, anytime you're teaching something, you're going to be getting better. Um, 
even if you're maybe mess it up, it's it's okay. Just uh, just being there, talking and working and showing that you're there for your teammates, I think is uh, yeah. very helpful. So. I've always thought that when you get in the league, if you can still stay in developmental mode as long as you as long as you can before you hit the maintenance mode type of, I guess phase. Uh, yeah, I really think there's still a window of adaptation there where you can develop physically. You know, yeah. so I mean, uh, and I might be crazy, but like, I finally bench pressed 400 pounds when I was like 38 years old. <laughs> it like, took me that took me that long. Yeah, you know? of course. And, you, uh, so that's you though. But, but like, uh, you know, uh, I just think that you're still developing, you know, as a man for a while. You're, you're absolutely, you're absolutely right about that. But, uh, you know, hell, you saw me lift. I was never very strong anyway. So I I could, uh, you know, do my body weight pretty good. That was about it. So, well, you know, you have a long way to push the bar, brother. Yeah. We'll say say that's, it's, that's, that's fault. So we'll call that. Um, but no, I, I think for young guys, you know, oh, you know, always work on your flexibility, be in shape and, and just know your job. And, uh, you know, the more, you know, the, um, the better, and, and you can communicate with your other offensive linemen and really, uh, really show that you're, you're standing up and you know what you're doing. Um, yeah. As, so what, what, what do you think your is, uh, let's say your most memorable experience, uh, with your your time with the Falcons, shoot, uh, coach, I I be honest, um, doesn't even have I, to be. Yeah. Doesn't even. Have. <laughs> I mean, it's a blur. I, I, I'd have to sit down and like look through old pictures and and um, you know, I, I really I will say I enjoyed uh, watching the older guys um, when I was young, and uh, and you know, watching how they worked and how they studied. Uh, I think that really helped me for when I finally did kind of grow up a little bit uh, to, to carry that with me in my last few years of playing. Um, and I think that made a, a big difference in my, my last three years. So, uh, well, you know, Steve Logan, uh, coach Matt Ryan at BC, you know, Steve yeah. was the head coach, you know, who I've worked for for many years, but uh, yeah. So what, uh, what would you say about about Matt Ryan and his uh, his leadership abilities? Oh, Matt was uh he was great to be around. He uh he we used to run protection meetings with him, and he'd be in there calling out things before uh before we would be. So, yeah. but he he was great. He he knew he, he always got us to the right play. Um, you know, I, I haven't watched him the last few years. I know he's I think he's in Indy now. Um, but. You know, I really like Matt. He's a hard worker. Uh, and I, I think anybody that makes a huge contract like that, not once, but twice, and still has that passion to go work. Like I got a lot yeah. of respect for that, you know, like, because, you know, we've all seen it. Um, yeah. you got hit that big contract and they're just like, I'm kind of, you yeah. know, they still go out and play hard and stuff, but they kind of mentally shut it down, I think. Um, yeah. Which, hey, I mean, that's, you know, you you got a hundred million dollar guaranteed contract or something. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't know what that's like. So uh, there's no judgment on anybody, but uh, that's yeah. that's that's that'd be tough mentally, you know. And and he always came in um, ready to work and uh, demanded that everybody was came in and snapped into locked into play and practice. So uh, I enjoyed being around Matt. He's a he's a, a great dude. 
and, uh, you know, hopefully he gets to play a few more years. So, What do you think are the biggest challenges or uh, distractions uh, for an NFL player? Uh, and, of course, I ask everybody this question who's played in the league that I coached. And uh, usually it's the same answers, but what's your opinion? Biggest distraction? Uh, you know, I always had a – not necessarily in season. I, I had uh, some issues with drinking, I think, um, especially in off seasons. Um, just, just honestly, I think because you, you're so pent up and like stressed, and you know you're young, and you know, you know, maybe that's not a, that's not a, no excuse, of course, but uh, um, you know, I definitely struggle with that, um, and just you know, kind of uh, overdoing it. Um, yeah. It's I, you know, I don't know if it was being pent up for, you know, what, six, seven months, you know, where you're kind of, you know, I never realized I was even stressed until I got done playing football. And I was like, holy crap, man. I was, I was pretty, I was pretty stressed out, I guess. Uh, and, uh, hey, I never, I'm, I'm with you. I'm right with you there, man. Yeah, I'm talking like, about like, you know, just the coaching career. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you're used to yeah. it. You don't, uh, you don't really acknowledge it. And you're just, that's just how it was. So, Right. I didn't realize I was stressed. I was just, but I, I, you know, and then even my later in my career, I, you know, I, I just, I had some issues with drinking. Um, and, you know, I'm all, I'm not against people drinking and stuff, of course, but, uh, I mean, you've seen me, we, we still get together every once in a while, but like, uh, I like to have a good time, but sometimes I, you know, definitely overdid it and, um, just, you know, that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, things with women and all that. And so it's, uh, it's just, uh, it's just a different, it's a different world. So. Yeah. No doubt. Well, yeah. yeah, Chase, Chase opened up and told me, uh, you know, his story about dealing with alcohol and, and, yep. uh, you know, it's just a great story and he, it's a great story because of, of how he's dealt with it and how he's faced, you know, the issues that he's had yeah. and how he's such so much better, you know, so much better for facing those issues. And we all, we all got to do that, you know? So uh, he's done, a, he's done a great job. I think he, he even like cut it off for, you know, a good while. I mean, I'd like to yeah. four or five months where I think he was just, you know, just to make sure he could still, you know, just do it. And uh, he did. And, uh, um, I can't remember what it was. Maybe like he started with a something 75, I think I can't remember, but uh, yeah, it was like a, some kind of challenge. I don't know. Um, yeah, exactly. Kept with it. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I think that was something in the, you know, yeah. Mentally just that struggled with that. Um, like for off the field kind of stuff. Uh, but I think that's, I think that's pretty common and I would, you know, I think it's right. more gory guys will talk about it, you know, cause like, you know, we, at the time we just thought it was fun and, you know, we're being, being young, dumb guys, you know, and uh, yeah. looking back on it, you know, or you're just like, dang, man, I was, I was partying way too much. And right. Yeah. So. So somebody signs a contract, uh, of course you got an agent. Um, what, what's your advice as far as, you know, do you have any advice as far as how they manage their money and, you know, because you hear all these stories, of course, where guys make millions and millions of dollars and then they get out of the league and three or four or five years later, they're broke, you know? So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, for, for young guys, I think right now, like, you know, you got YouTube, 
just start just start studying just start once a week sit down and watch a financial course find somebody you like all kinds of people are doing stuff on real estate and just start educating yourself a little bit uh learn learn some terminology in the financial world because it's different but uh and people try to use words that you don't understand just so they that way you feel like you need them you know it's like having a lot you know and uh so just i would say for you young guys you know uh you know, sit down once a week and start, you know, looking up some uh, videos and, and, and start to learn a little bit about finances, uh, investment opportunities, uh, the, just the tech, the terminology. Um, and, you know, don't give anybody power attorney over your money and, uh, yeah, yeah. Save, save, dude, nobody cares what kind of car you drive. Um, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, nobody does. Uh, you know, but if you, you know, and if, hey, if cars are your thing though, and you, yeah. you, you've been working your butt off and you want to go get you a nice car, go get you one. Just be smart about it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not ever going to tell anybody what to do. It's just, you know, make your own decisions. Just realize, you know, realize what a car is and what, you know, what kind of value that thing's going to hold. Um, but I, I would just say that coach, just educate yeah. yourself and, uh, and just be smart and don't try to impress anybody. Just be, uh, Proud of yourself. So, Good stuff. Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah. So I wanted to mention the dog park. Uh, <laughs> you know, my, uh, I got a couple dogs here. My wife is a big time animal lover. And yeah. uh, uh, so I know that you were in, in that business for a little while. And yeah. uh, I thought that was really a fun and interesting thing that you did. Yeah. It was, uh, it, it, it ended up, uh, wearing me out pretty good there but uh you know we we you know just we started a dog park in atlanta um that was a full bar and coffee bar uh you know and uh had tvs surround sound uh all turf and uh it's still doing really well coach and we, we've got uh several stations now i'm still i'm still uh, uh involved a little bit but not not much um just right. i kind of burnt myself out i was there way too much and I was like, I need to get away from this because I'm I'm losing it. But uh, you know, it's it was a great great idea. Uh, my business partner it was his idea, and uh, you know, I came in and we we went in on it together, and um, definitely got in over our heads. So you know, I almost made a huge bonehead mistake, but we really yeah. you know just grinded through it and uh, put in way more hours than I would have ever expected. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, we we got to the other side, thank God, but. It was a it was a grind, man. So, yeah, my wife's trying to get me to even get some goats someday. Yeah, hey, man, that's what I'm trying to get. So I'm trying to talk Carson into letting me get some goats right now. So, <laughs> I, hey, I just want to meet in the grass. So I don't have to do any mowing on the side. So, uh, gotcha. Yeah. Well, um, uh, so tell me a little bit about. Uh, are you are you? You're not married yet, right? No, I'm not married. Uh, you know, I, I guess I won't be able to let her watch this for a while, but uh, got got a uh, should be here engaged here pretty shortly, and okay. and uh, you know, um, really looking forward to it, man. She's a she's a wonderful woman, and uh, you know, I can't can't believe I got this thing lucky. So I'll tell you that. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm sitting up. I live up uh, about 20 minutes from Furman. Uh, uh -huh. yeah so and i'm up in the mountains and um just kind of hanging out up here and 
uh, looking into some more opportunities and just been kind of taking a little bit of a breather here, uh, you know, after the last couple of years. And, um, yeah, that's really about all I got going on. So I'm trying to get my butt back in three uh, hundreds condition, you know, so I can go run <laughs> those. So, but, um, yeah, uh, life's good, coach. I mean, I can't complain and uh, really, really happy with uh, where life's at right now. So it's been great. Great. Yeah. Great to hear uh, Chase is going to be playing in uh, Wilmington in April. Oh yeah, man! I might have to come. I might have to come yeah. out. That'd I be- I texted him and uh, he said, "Yeah, coach, come on down." And there uh, should be eight thousand people there. I think that's what he said. Oh man! Well, so, uh, I might have to. I might have to uh, see if Carson and I can make that one. That'd be a good time. Yeah, I'd I'd love to see you there, man. I'll, I'll definitely go. You just let me know. <laughs> okay, I'll uh, you shoot me the dates and uh, okay, we'll get it on the calendar. We got a couple weddings this spring, but I'm not sure when those are yet. So she yeah. keeps the calendar in check, and I just show up. So, um, I think it's sometime in April, but I will definitely check it out. And of course, uh, I know you talk to him frequently anyway. So, uh, yeah, he he stopped through a couple of weeks ago, and we had a we had a great time reminiscing on uh Carson that was the first time she really got to hang out with him uh for an extended period of time and uh and you know I was giving giving yeah. a bunch of crap about him learning how to play the guitar and how how garbage he was when he first started and you know uh you know we we, we had a good time so it was a good time catching up with him well you know he sent me a left-handed guitar I didn't think he would but he did I couldn't <laughs> believe it. hey of course he and, did uh, he, uh, so, uh, yeah, he took care of me for sure. Yeah, he's always he's always been good about that. If you you, you give him uh, you talk trash to him about something, he'll he'll end up sending it to you as a as a gift there. So, I'm going to uh, the producer of the show. His name's Bubba Rosenbaum. Yeah. It's his mother's birthday tonight, Fonda Rosenbaum. So I want to say happy birthday to Fonda. Happy birthday, Fonda. <laughs> and uh, we're going to close here in a second. But uh, uh, I just want to tell you how much I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah. How much I enjoy talking to the guys that I had the privilege to coach. And uh, just how proud I am of, of what you've accomplished and what a great example you are to pretty much any young football player out there. Uh, you, I mean, you got it done with hard work, man. And I mean, uh, I saw it every day. Uh, I saw it in your character. Uh, you know, I knew what you were about. So uh, congratulations on all your success. And, uh, you know, I hope to see you soon. So uh, uh, I'm going to go ahead and close this thing out. All right, coach. And I did, uh, I did text Cal Jolly. He, he wanted me to ask you about a candle maker or something like that. So hey, man. Oh yeah. You want to hear about <laughs> when I, when I first moved up here, I didn't have a job and uh, I was, it was last Christmas. I was buying some gifts for my sisters and my mom and I was this uh, small business Um the, the the wife um was saying yeah we, we can't keep up with these orders you know i just moved up here and i was like well i was like you need somebody to work and i was like like you serious i was like i'll come work for you guys i worked as a candle maker for like four months back in this like little studio and just listen to podcasts i'd be back there making candles man just chilling 
and uh yeah that was it so it was uh it was actually it was a lot of fun actually i enjoyed it but uh um that's awesome man so you, you never know, know what kind of skills you might have you know never know and uh it was fun helping out some people that were really good people and uh that made made me happy so that's that's all that matters so but uh well coach hey thank you so much for having me yes, and sir. thank you so much for everything over the years and uh and of course for uh you know, whooping, whooping my butt for all those years. So I appreciate <laughs> it. Well, hey, this is Jeff Connors for uh, Absolute Empowerment signing off for this week. Uh, thanks for tuning in and God bless. Thanks a lot. All right, Coach. See you. You've been listening to Absolute Empowerment with Coach Jeff Connors on the Sports Objective. Join us every Monday night for a new edition of the show. Listen to the show pretty much everywhere podcasts are found. Be sure to follow us on social media at the Sports OBJ on Twitter and TikTok, at the Sports Objective on Instagram. Like and follow our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel. As always, we appreciate you listening to the show, and go Pirates!